All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I hate to break the fishing news up your M. Chuck, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down, your M. Chuck. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome in to episode 171 of the Nation Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. We are in another quarantined edition. Who knows how long we're going to have to do this for. Chalmers is here. Jay's here. Bagnoke's here. Wanye is not. He went for a walk in the River Valley and lost track of time. But he's promised us he'll be back on uh, on Thursday uh, there's some stuff to get to today, guys. Uh, but first off, just how was everyone's uh, long weekend? I'll start with you, Chalmers. Are the kids too old for Easter egg hunts now? Oh, no, no, no. Six and nine. Oh, They're still, yeah. Oh, they nice. have nine-year-old, the nine-year-old still a believer. Like, you can tell because I did I did a stupid thing, and we'll talk about it. But, like, yeah, we, we still do the Easter egg hunt. We hide the little, you know, little foil-wrapped uh, Easter eggs all around. But this year we upped it and we made them all little Cadbury Easter eggs mm-hmm. like the ones that are actually yeah and so they got big ones and small ones we hide them all over the house they're super pumped about it um what I like about them the most is that they have a pack when they go into it that they are going to no matter who finds more they're going to split them up 50 50 just to make it fair uh so I like I like that they like get it and they're not they're, they're super nice to each other but that night we did the Easter egg hunt we, we were putting Easter eggs everywhere and I went downstairs and just watched a 30-minute show, me and my wife, and I ate, like, two Cadbury Easter eggs and left the foil on the fucking coffee table. Huh. And so they came into the basement, and they were looking. They're like, who ate, did he, who ate those two? And I'm like, oh, man, like, he must have ate a couple of his own eggs. 
And I was just like, you can't make these mistakes, man. Like uh, my nine, my nine year old, I guarantee is already like, there's just no way, you know, like that, you know, but that type of stuff is the type of stuff that seals it for him. And I, I gotta be better than that, man. So, but other than that, no, they love Easter. They, they, they were wondering if the Easter bunny was coming, just like all the other kids in the world, wondering if it's mandatory lockdown for him, but he came, it was successful. Nothing, nothing. It seemed like nothing had changed for them. Do they kind of know Chalmers what's going on right now, or do you just kind of keep it as just we gotta? No, they they are they are a hundred they are a hundred percent aware of it. Mostly because a lot of the time we'll have the news on. Like in the morning, I have the news on when we're watching TV. Um, but I'm I'm in the camp of where if if my son has a question or if he seems if it seems like he's heard something that uh, needs an explanation, I kind of don't I kind of don't make things up. I kind of just tell him you know something to kind of stop his mind from racing and make his own conclusions to things and just to explain things in a really, you know, I don't delve way deep into things, but, uh, but they definitely know what's happening right now. They definitely know that it's not normal. And you know, that when we go into places, we don't touch stuff and the reasons why, you know, they don't just, I just try not to lead them blindly into things. Just let them know, you know, the truth, the truth never hurts as long as I don't, you know, tell them like, senior citizens are dying at an alarming rate from this, you know, like they don't need to know that. Right. Um, but they need to know it's important that they don't go and just run and give grandma and granddad a kiss. If we were to stop by their house and, you know, drop them off groceries. Fair enough. I'm re- I'm just reeling from the fact that you're giving the full size Cadbury cream egg as the Easter egg on the Easter egg hunt. Like, well, there was, there was holy a bunch shit, of that's a boss move. They sell like the they sell this big box full of the Cadbury or uh, the they're like half Oreo they're Oreo cookie ones and then there's like caramel ones and then there's the Cadbury cream egg and so they sell like this package where you can buy a bunch of the big ones and then a bunch of the little ones in the foil so that's what we did makes sense uh, Jay bagged milk uh, do you guys get any up to anything different this weekend or was did it just feel like three other days like the longest long weekend ever. Uh, uh... Uh, so for us, we, um, on Friday, a friend of ours, uh, hosted a trivia. Okay. So he was the, he was the trivia master, him and his, uh, wife, and they made up a bunch of questions like Canadiana and all this stuff. And we played for what, like, uh, Chalmers wanted for like three hours. Oh yeah. It was about three hours. It was a good time. Oh, it was, it was great. And just like, yeah, it was, so, it was just fun. So it like challenged the brain. Uh, you know, we hung out with like six other couples, I think six or seven other couples. So we just had a blast. Obviously cocktails were involved. Uh, so that was, uh, that was fun. Had another good, uh, nation happy hour. It was nice to see your mug in there. Your M Chuck. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah, good. I'm at- sad I missed, I, and, and bag, I, I wrote a comment saying, Hey, bag milk, try to have it later than four thirty because I'm trying to hold my drinking till 5.30. And you were like, hey, don't judge me. I'm like, no <laughs> judging whatsoever. I just, I, I've been drinking too much at two. But like, so I'm more of a it's healthy. Friday. I know. It's all it's, good. It's Friday. It's fun to chat to people, have a quick cocktail, spend an hour talking to people. I'm always surprised that an hour goes by as quickly as it does. Oh, it's insane. Like, and I, I'm just like, I'm just like a teenage girl in that thing. I'm just chatting and commenting like crazy. But I just love it. I had a good it's time. It's great, great people. Well, the people love you, Tyler. 
Yeah, except for that. Who was the guy you had on the call before that who was chirping me? Oh, Angus. Uh, yeah, Angus is coming for your job as a real-life Anno and radio producer. <laughs> tell I him, love Angus. Tell him to DM what? me, and I'll leave the roadcaster on my front step. He can come get it. What's yeah, Angus' bona, what, bona fide? Uh, he does do a podcast of some kind. He's out in Manitoba. He was also one of the guys that had a ridiculous story in week one of Nation Happy Hour. Again, Friday, 4.30 p.m., we're going to do Nation Happy Hour again. But, yeah, it's just kind of fun to check in with people, and you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes they got good stories. Angus is one of those guys. Oh, yeah. Anything crazy in your life this weekend, Bag Milk? No, it's I'm living in Groundhog Day. I know that's an old movie, you're Chuck. Have yep. you ever seen it? No. You've never seen Groundhog Day, really? No, don't act surprised. Come on, keep going. All right. Well, basically, every day is the exact same. I've lost all concept of time. I have no idea what day it is. Actually, my sister called me yesterday to wish me a happy Easter, and I had no idea it was even Sunday. So uh, every day kind of just blends into the next. I have no idea what's going on. So did I have plans this weekend? No. I moved from the kitchen to the living room to the bedroom and any variation of those three, and I call that an exciting day. So kind of not a lot going on. Have you not left the house like for any reason? Yeah, I, I, like, I take my dog for a walk every day. That's kind of like how I get out and get some fresh air and I go get groceries when I need them. But aside from that, I am basically locked down in bag milk bunker. Man, I couldn't do that. I, Crazy. We, have, I, we, we take our dog out every day, but I literally just, even if it's just to drive around, I have got to go do, just, I can't be there. I can't be I, there. I have done that. I have gone, just hopped in my vehicle and just driven around with no place to go just for a change of scenery. I've definitely done that. Yeah, and then grab a Slurpee, and then you, like, worry about touching anything in that store. Are there still, can you still get So, yes. So, uh, some of the Circle K Maxes, whatever they are, I know them as Maxes, but they've been Circle Ks now. They are shutting the machines down. Um, but the other ones that have them still, all they ask you to do is just grab a napkin and put the napkin on the handle. Um, they won't, you got to get get the cups from them now. Uh, they won't get, like, they're not just the cups, the straws, all that stuff is not just out in the open. Um, so it's business as usual for a lot of them, um, but some of them have just shut it right down. They're like, there's no point running the machines, nobody's coming to get them, so, which I understand. Fair enough. Slurpees, Slurpees in the polar vortex, why not? I'm addicted to Slurpees now. It's taking the place of the cigarettes and the Red Bulls. Huh? I drink a ton of them. I don't know what it's it is. It's a That's a lot healthier. of sugar going into the old system, though. It's Funny. a delicious crack. I, I know. I know, and you know what? You can't really find out anywhere. Like, I'm sure you could look online to see how much sugar is in a Slurpee, but I'm like, all of it. it. Yeah, it's I probably know. just best not to know, really. <laughs> yeah, if, if you don't know, it never happened, right? So it's there. Uh, there's zero it's, cal. It's, it's like one of those little comforts, though. Like I have during the day. I'm some of those people that just need something. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and water is not going to do. Like, I just need something at all times. I need to be having something, not only eating, drinking, but doing something and slurpees have become a pretty big clutch well i'm embarrassed to admit this but every day since kind of like quarantine life kind of happened i've i've had a minimum like one to three drinks and on on the weekends obviously much more so yesterday i decided not to have any drinks just to just to do it not even like and I, I really just wanted to have one beer but i didn't do it but holy shit I was looking for food and snacks and just trying to grasp anything to do to replace my beverage time. And uh, I was going crazy, but I just, I just fucking bunkered down and drank a lot of water and got through it. 
But the thing that blew my mind is during all this time, this morning when I woke up, was the worst I have felt during this whole quarantine. Yeah, your body's, your body's, that's what one of our friends said was that if they, the reason liquor stores are essential, not only to help people get through this, but there's a lot of people, I think, who drink all the time, who's like straight up bodies would shut down if they couldn't get their, their booze. Like, oh yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that your body's shut down, but I know exactly what you, you feel like because I've, I've had a cocktail probably, you know, for the first two weeks of the thing every day. And then for like four or five days, I just went like, I'm not going to do this. And straight up day two and day three were awful. Like they just, oh. I just felt like so tired, wanted to eat all day. Just, I guess this is what detox feels like, but like, it's not like I'm <laughs> yeah. drinking excessively, like, but still like just weird. I'm, I'm, I'm better now, but God, this morning was rough. I was talking to Rick from the pint the other day. We were just kind of texting back and forth about how, like for myself, I haven't really been drinking at all. I don't have the odd beer here and there. But we were talking about how there's a bunch of us that are going to come out of this quarantine life just complete lightweights when we're able to get back on the soft. Oh, yeah. I will be the opposite probably. I'll yeah. probably be able to – I should be uh, doing drinking contests with people for money when I come out of this as a way to get back on my feet. Well, when we see an end in sight, whenever that may be, I'm going to have to start doing some training here for the eventual parties that we're going to throw because I'm not going to be able to survive an evening. Well, maybe you got to drink, you know, at least more than one beer during Nation Happy Hour to start. Maybe that I'll. All that's all you're having during Nation Happy Hour is one beer? Yeah, I'm just having one beer just because, well, I spend most of it talking. So um, it just kind of goes by. And then next thing you know, an hour flies by and I've only drank one. So I could I could pound back a few more. Oh, you I always beer time and a shot. Yeah, beer and a shot. Fucking right. I always time Nation Happy Hour to I go on the Peloton for a ride. And I love having a beer after Peloton ride. So then I come I come into Nation Happy Hour thirsty. So the first one I had like three drinks during, and on this past one I was two. Anybody come into the like that you bring onto the screen that you can tell has had a bunch and is uh, a little out of hand or what? Have we had one of those yet? Not no, yet. I'm waiting no, for I it. Can't wait. <laughs> um, you know it's gonna happen where I just bring somebody in and they are just piled up, and I'm looking forward to it. Before we keep going on the podcast here, guys, obviously uh, the hockey world was hit with, with a tragic blow over the weekend as Colby Cave didn't make it. He passed away at the young age of 25. Um, we've seen the outpouring of support and all that for his wife, Emily, for the family. Um, the hockey world always rallies around these tragedies, but it, it doesn't make it you know sting any less. Um, I mean, I, I can never even remember something like this happening in, in Oilers history where an active player has passed away so young. Um, and maybe I'll start with you, Begged Milk, since you're obviously working closely with the site and closely with uh, with, with Oilers fans as well. Um, just kind of what did you think when you first heard the news and your thought on the, the outpouring of support for the family and all that? I was heartbroken for the guy. I mean, on Friday on Oilers Nation Radio, we were talking about how, you know, we were all pulling for him um, sending out our best vibes and you know it was a, it was a feeling of helplessness that we couldn't do anything to support the guy in a time when he really needed it and when the news came out on Saturday morning it was just heartbreaking it was heartbreaking for the loss of potential it was heartbreaking for the for a guy who earned everything he got 
He was undrafted. Everybody knows the story kind of at this point. He was undrafted. He worked his way into an NHL job. He had kind of all kinds of reasons for people to cheer for him. And it was just, it was devastating to see that he didn't make it. It was devastating to see his wife, Emily's Instagram posts where she's talking about how much he meant to her. It was devastating to see his, uh, his sister's Twitter post about the times and the laughs that they shared. And it, it just, it's hard to wrap your mind around how a young man like that, like you said, he's only 25 years old, how this happens to a guy who's in great shape. He's in, you know, he's got fitness, he's got uh, the diet, right? He's doing everything right in terms of health, but it didn't, it didn't matter in his case. And it, it's just, I, I still am in shock that this happened to him. And I'm still in shock that, we won't get to see him play again. And just even w- putting together some of the stuff on the site, I-, I-, I put together a list of all the kind of stories and just notes and tweets that friends and family and former teammates were saying about him. And he just seemed like a genuinely kind person, a genuinely great guy. And I, I don't really have words to describe it other than it's just completely heartbreaking and devastating. That's uh, very well said. Uh, yeah, this um, this one hit, this one shook me a bit. I was I was feeling this uh, all weekend. Um, just once you see the news, I just I just kind of felt a pit in my stomach all weekend and kind of carried in my mind. Uh, still to this day, yesterday I I, uh, I stopped by that little, uh, vigil at Rogers and dropped off some flowers just because I felt like I had to do something. I know. It doesn't, you know, in the grand scheme of things, do anything. But I just felt like I had to do something because this was uh, was weighing on me. So yeah, like Bagmel said, just fucking horrific, and just really feeling for family, his family and friends right now during this time. It's crazy. It's just it's like he had so much life ahead of him, and at twenty five years old, this isn't supposed to happen. Yeah, and just. Again, going back to his wife's Instagram post where she said, I never expected to be a widow less than a year after we got married. And you just, it's heartbreaking. They had so many plans and a bright future together. And that was robbed from them. And it's just kind of hard to process. It is hard because at 25 years old, there's not like, it's, that's early to get married these days. And at, like I, at 25 years old, my life hadn't even started. Like sure, I'd had some good times and we'd gone to the bar and stuff, but like, none of the real things in life had really come to come to pass yet. And he seemed like he was just about to start all the real things that happened, you know, you know, I'm sure next step was kids and to have that taken away from Emily like that. It's just, yeah, it's fucking devastating. I think that's where it kind of hit me the hardest, like the part in Emily's Instagram post where she talked about how, uh, you know, they got a dog together and he was being a, a doggy daddy and she couldn't wait for him to be, you know, an actual father and all that. And it's like, man, and kind of going off what you said, bag milk, like, a perfectly healthy, lived his life the right way is how uh, the play-by-play voice of the Condors put it. He just, everyone loved him, and there was no reason why his life should have been uh, cut so short, but yet it is, and it's one of those things where it NHL players and professional athletes, they get more physicals and medical testing done than 99% of society, right? And for something like this, like it's just... It's weird and it shakes you how it, it's so undetected and how it just happens in like basically the snap of your fingers, right? Like, yeah, I, I think you guys put it all really well. And uh, it, it has been heartwarming to see how Oilers fans have, you know, put out their support and all of that, but it doesn't make it any less tragic. Uh, the one, 
thought on Twitter that I, I, I thought this was really cool. Jack Michaels has had a thread about Colby Cave and just said uh, he never knew him like personally, never had more than 10 conversations with the guy, but he was lucky enough to witness firsthand how nice it was to be Colby Cave. And he shared a story about how when Colby was called up to Edmonton for the second time prior to the game in Pittsburgh this season, he arrived straight from the AHL, hopped on the bus, and he got like basically a standing ovation from all his teammates. Everyone was so happy to see him again. And he seemed like a guy who just loved being a hockey player. And I was chatting today with the play-by-play voice of the Bakersfield Condors, Ryan Holt, and going up on or piggybacking on that story about the time he was recalled before Pittsburgh this year. Um, in the American Hockey League, they do all their travel via bus. So the Condors were on the bus from Bakersfield to Ontario, which is like just over a two-hour bus ride, I believe. And about halfway through the bus ride, Colby got the news he was going back up to Edmonton. So he finished the bus ride with his teammates in Bakersfield, got to Ontario, hopped on another bus, went straight to L.A. so that he could fly to Pittsburgh and land in time for the game the next day, the next afternoon, I guess. And uh, he eventually went on and scored his final NHL goal in that game. So a guy who was willing to do anything to uh, play hockey, but just uh, obviously a life taken way too soon. And I, I just, I was just thinking about a quote from Jay Woodcroft as well about how a guy who's, he said a guy who's probably a little too good for the AHL, but trying to make roots in the NHL. But when he would get sent down by the Oilers, he never had a poor attitude. He always had a smile on his face and he was always there to be a leader in the room and on the ice. And it's just, there's, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than it was just a guy gone too soon that seemed like a wonderful human being, a very hardworking hockey player, and just a real tragedy for the hockey world at large. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, once again, Bagma, like you're being articulate and genius during this time, so well said again. But I just keep thinking, and you and I, I think, were kindred spirits on the weekend. I think we took it to Twitter with the same tweet, like, seconds apart, just thinking about that nation brunch party we had when it was Edmonton playing Pittsburgh and Colby Cave scored that goal. And like we're chanting his name and everyone is up, you know, dad jumping up and down when that goal scored. Cause that, that game finished one, nothing, didn't it? Like that was the game winning. Uh, one, one. I think that game went to, Oh, one, one. Okay. It went to OT. So it had a, it had a huge impact and just, I, I just keep, you know, I've got that memory in my head about, uh, celebrating that goal there with, with everyone, uh, on that brunch party. And, like I said, like, and then we both in the tweet, like, thanks for the memories, man, because that was a special moment in my life. It, it really was. Like, it was a brunch party. Um, it was an early, it was a matinee game, and he goes out and scores that goal in the first game after being recalled and blows the roof off the place. We were we were having fun on social, calling him Colby Cave McDavid because it was just like it was such an incredible goal and just his celebration, the big fist pump, the big smile, everything about it was just it, it was a it was a perfect moment and we enjoyed it as a big group and like you said, we both kind of had the same thought on Twitter and it's tough, man. There's there's no other way to put it other than it's heartbreaking. Even for all of us that didn't get a chance to know him personally, I think it hit us all very hard for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. I know uh, the community of Battleford in Saskatchewan was planning something for when uh, the family arrives back in town from Toronto. So um, ho- ho- obviously we send our best wishes from all of us at Oilers Nation to his family and hopefully 
you know, there's just a little ounce of, of comfort in, in the outpouring of support and love that they would have seen for Colby after his passing. Um, not really an easy way to transition away from that in a podcast, but there was some other news in the world of sports coming down the pipe today. Gary Bettman doing an interview on CNN, and he said they're exploring all options right now for the season to return, but it all depends on things they have no control over and says they are exhausting every avenue on ways they can return this season. Drew Doughty, on the other hand, did a media call today where he said playing in the summertime isn't a good idea, and he doesn't want to see next season affected. Um, it seems like like I'm getting to the point like when I see Gary Bettman is on CS- CNN, I see it pop up, and I just go, what's he going to say? Like, there's there's no new updates in this. Everything is on standby. Like, to me, it's kind of like, a, what's a, what's the point of going out and doing the media rounds right now? Well, I find out because I mean, I've covered a lot of Gary Bettman uh, kind of pressers and phone calls and Bill Daly as well at this point. And they always say the same thing. They want to award the Stanley Cup. Uh, They're willing to push back next season into November if need be to start uh, to get that done. But at the same point, I don't understand how you can plan for something months from now when it seems like everything changes so quickly on an hour by hour or day by day basis. It's like, I can't plan what I'm going to do tomorrow because I don't know where I'm allowed to be or if I should even be going out, let alone what's going to happen in August when, I mean, hopefully things are turned around, but um, that doesn't, hopefully doesn't do anything really. Like we don't know what's going on. So I, I don't. I, I'm also curious why they keep doing the rounds. I guess people in news organizations and on sports channels and everything they need to fill time as well. So I guess that's why they would probably want these these calls. But again, they're the same over and over. As for Drew Doughty, of course he would say playing in the summer was a bad idea because the Kings had zero chance of doing anything impactful anyway. So he probably just want to continue on with his life and get per, uh, get ready for next season. So, Beg Milk, I was thinking about why these guys keep saying something and why, you know, every every week I'm hearing, oh, the MLB is coming up with a new plan to try to make a season happen. And I question it. I'm like, okay, like, it's not hard to figure out that people are not going to go back to a stadium unless they're 100% confident that this thing is not going to affect them. The only two ways that this thing cannot affect them is repeated tests and or a vaccination. So... What makes these people want to come out every two weeks and tell us that they're working on this fucking plan? What is it? So I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking it's like a way of, number one, giving hope, I believe, that they're in a small way trying to give us hope that, like, you know, that just just know that if something changes in the world and they and we are able to do it, that we are working on it. We're not going to be caught blinded by it. We're not going to, you know, have to, like, uh, struggle to figure out a plan. I think they have to do this. And if they're sitting there working on these plans, right? We have a plan right now and it's for, you know, end of May, but all of a sudden two weeks from now, they realize that plan can't happen. They got to work on another plan. They're putting in a lot of man hours to come up with these plans. So why, if you're doing all that, why wouldn't you want to tell everybody about your plan? You know, let everybody know, like, look, I know that we're in uncertain times, but we're working hard. You know that the NHL, that the MLB, that the NFL, that these teams, that these spaces are working hard to come up with a solution to get you back your sport. So things you're missing the most. Master Sunday just just passed yesterday. And, like, it fucking sucked. 
and I, and and I get that. But you know, them telling me that there's going to be a Masters in November, I, I get what they're doing. I get that they're trying to give me hope, but like I'll believe it when I see it. I just people aren't going to want to go to these sports. And MLB's whole plan about basically having a biodome in in South Phoenix, like <laughs> it fucking makes no sense. It just is. It's just not plausible. I just so. I, I I was trying to figure that out. If anybody else has an opinion as to why they keep coming out every two weeks, and it's not just a we don't want to fill some content, like do you agree with me that it's hope? What what do you guys think it is? I, I I'm kind of with you a little bit on that. Like I saw someone going on Twitter the other day, and they were like, "I guarantee you there will be hockey by July. Like this thing is going to be so much different in three weeks. Never mind three months." And it's just like, you know, you appreciate the. You appreciate the fact that, like you said, Chalmers, these sports leagues and certain people are going out trying to give hope to the masses in a way, but it's just like, you know, at some point, hope is in, in this is just like false optimism. Like the NHL can say they're exhausting all avenues. There aren't going to be fans in a building this summer. Yeah, you can try and move it to a neutral site, but then what are you really accomplishing? Like, yeah, you can try and hand out the Stanley Cup in August in front of no fans in an arena in North Dakota, but... Is that really the legacy that you want this season to leave? That you had to push everything back and then hand out, like, in my opinion, would almost feel like a faux Stanley Cup? I know people that are season ticket holders, young and old and straight up. Even if the even if hockey came back in a month, if there was no absolute guarantee, i.e. vaccination or testing, that you could have, <laughs> they wouldn't go to these games. Like, and So even playing them in empty arenas, that's one thing, but like... That is just, I don't think that any league can pull off no fans, quarantine the whole league and everybody that has to do with any sort of logistics to making it happen. It's just, it's impossible to pull off. I just sure they can. How, how? How? Sure they like, can. What do you mean? Okay, so, so MMA just had, Dana White almost had a private island. He was going to have doctors, facilities, everything, yeah. basically fly everybody over to this island. And for as long as it takes, if you were there from day one and you didn't fight until the eight-week mark, it didn't matter. You stayed on that island. You were there, and you waited your turn. They were going to have fights every week. It was the one thing that seemed like, okay, you know what? This is kind of doable. Yeah. Fighters can train there. Can get shut down. ESPN and Disney Plus were the ones that were going to offer the streaming service, either do a pay-per-view or a, um, a free weekly. And straight up, like, um, the heads of both of the companies got together and were like, this is a fucking bad look for us. <laughs> like, we're going to watch. A, a, a bad look, Hal. This is where things need to change. We're fucking, I, I'm, I'm almost done watching all of Netflix. Like, I need proper entertainment. A bad and look is in they're will... going to have all these doctors when, when, when states need doctors and states need testing and somehow the UFC is going to have a private island with as much testing and as many doctors. But how many doc? But how many doctors do you need? Like, it's not like there's 20 million people on this island. Taking four right? away it's, from taking four away from the United States of America to take to put on a private island for MMA fight is enough for people to outrage. You know the year it is. I'm not I know, but, but you got to look at both. It. I I think people you know are getting so stir crazy in their houses that if one doctor had to be sacrificed. So millions of people could watch sports and be entertained and have something to cheer for and have more purpose in a quarantine life. Absolutely. So I think yeah, it's but doable. Not- I know that I know the it, it. I'm not saying it's probable. I'm saying it's doable in the sense of if you really, really 
put in a very stringent plan and just, you know, created, even if it's a landlocked island, for, t- for, for all the teams to live in and have just supply chain in terms there of... There is so many people, JR, that would straight up flip out if I that know. fucking happened. And j- just to give the 50% of us that watch sports on a daily basis, like, think about how, like, I don't want to make this a big religious thing, but think about the people that were like, okay, wait, they're not allowing religious gatherings? Well, if you're not religious, you were kind of like, well, this is fucking stupid. Why can't I go do something, but there can be a... Re- so it's not about that, but just think of all the people it's that not aren't a gathering. into sports. It's not, but it's not a gathering of people. It's, it's you're just taking people resources away. It, you're just, it's, I see where you're going because it would be fucking amazing if they could do it. But any single resource that gets taken away from a place that absolutely needs it. And I would agree with you that sports right now, to me, would feel pretty essential. I could really use it. I really, mm-hmm. really could. Mm-hmm. But there is a shitload of people out there that would go, you're fucking nuts for thinking that that's thinking the way that I think. Right, uh, they would they would say that sports is the first thing that should go in a time like this, and well, I would disagree with them heavily. Well, of course, there's the whole mental health angle to it, right? Sports provides purpose, so this, if you this, if you can look forward to watching your team play every other night or every three nights, that gives people purpose when you know they're locked in their house. So whatever. So I, 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 had a, I had a big time argument with somebody the other day um, because I was saying to them like golf courses they should find a way um you know and whether or not it be a private golf course private golf courses are easier you know who's coming on there and this person was like fucking golf courses that should be public land anyways and i'm going okay so we are on two toes i need to golf for my public standing take or for my personal mental health to take my kids out of the house have something to do with them that's sport you know uh, and so we could go to my golf course and play golf well this person doesn't even think golf courses should exist so that just goes to show you how polarizing something like even just a golf course can be. Did you see the people that got $800, a family of four, went rollerblading in a parking lot in Oakville, Ontario, and got an $800 ticket? But is there more to that, that story than just them flat out? Like, were they also the four of them going into a grocery store right before that? Were they going into a... <laughs> right? No. As the father said, that they went to the parking lot, saw nobody around, and they were going to rollerblade in it. That's what the dad said. I'd love to hear the other side of that story because I doubt police in Canada are just like roaming around being like, oh, you're rollerblading. Go to hell. <laughs> I know. Well, um, I know. And so the, the, and the one thing that I saw was like one of those articles where you kind of look at it. It's like, well, I got all of that from the headline. Like, why don't you elaborate a little yeah. bit? But there really wasn't any elaboration to it. It was just fine. Like, to add to the mental health and sanity of, of, of our implications of all this, um, so like last week, started playing Words with Friends. So Chalmers, I play you. Bang Mouth, I play you. Oh, I'm so I've good got at it. Okay, well, <laughs> fuck, bring it. Yeah. Um, find me. I'll I'll fucking kick your ass. Uh, I am not good at it for the record. <laughs> but here's the thing: it's I'm playing. I'm checking my phone. I'm playing on it so much. I feel like I'm giving myself headaches from it. I'm starting to have reoccurring Words with Friends fucking dreams right now and this is and it's because i'm trying to find something to supplant cheering for my team or any team uh you know during this time it's like okay well i've got to like go to war with my buddies and play a game that now i'm just like consuming myself with but literally i'm having reoccurring fucking words of friends dreams right now i need fucking sports back 
I'm also having re I'm also having reoccurring worlds with friends dreams because I didn't realize how bad at Scrabble I was until I started playing this. I am just getting demolished all over the map. What so Words with Friends is not like Scrabble though. In Words with Friends, you can you can like test words. You can test the strength of what yeah. you have compared uh, to the board. Like you use the a, tools, I do not use uh, the tools. So Thomas. I got chirped for using the fucking tools. Uh, like why wouldn't I use the tools? Like there's the hindsight, there's the word radar, there's the swap without a penalty, and then there's what? the uh, the hint all on the top. There's no, you the better not, you can't I, use I, those. You're a yeah, loser if you use them. Thank you, okay, here. So I'm they're curious. hard as shit to get, and you get one like every, like once a week. What if it's a tool of the game? Why the fuck wouldn't I use it? It's like not using the slap shot in NHL 20. Why wouldn't I use it? There, I can use it. The poke check. Why can't I use it? It's just there. go on the strength of your own skill. I do, but like the other thing though, the other My difference between skill, you, you can test out all your words. I know, and that's the other thing too. Like the difference between playing it in person and playing it on the phone is that I could sit there for 30 minutes and just like plot out every possible combination on every spot of the board and then eventually find one that's probably worth a good amount of points but i don't you're know you're a loser if you do that you are yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i think there should be like a time limit i think from like the second you open the game you should have like two minutes to play your word well that's not a bad idea that's not a bad idea well, if either of you guys also want to beat me, I am also on words. Words with friends. Okay, well, we'll have to we'll have to slide it. We'll have to DM each other our names because I even tried to find Jay and I for my son to play him because my son plays words with friends and like legitimately good at it <laughs> for some reason. He just knows word structure and he he plays a lot of the practice rounds where he knows all the dumb little like two I words yeah. and X I words and all uh, these. Did you know that Zed? M or M Z E E is a word. Really, I'm gonna use well, that. Well, now, now you do. So I always get killed by Jay with those words. Like I'll be <laughs> playing Jay, and he'll drop a three-letter word that I've never heard of, and it 100%. gets him forty points. And I don't even know what's going on. This whole yeah. thing is bullshit. You, you, you need to know how to work the board. You yeah. gotta work. It's not about yeah. word length or anything or, or your ability to spell. Bag milk, soja, S O J A, the like, game changer. Like Soldier Boy. Like yeah, it's like Soja Boy, but it's Soja, like one, soda, but with a J. The one thing I'll say though, like if we're talking words with friends etiquette, as much as you need to be able to work the board and play the two three letter words, there's also something about the sportsmanship of early in the game playing to expand the board a little bit. Like there's nothing yeah. worse than when you start the game and like your opponent goes like a three letter word in the middle, and you're like, what are we gonna do now? This game's gonna be shit because there's no letters to play well, off of. Don't play JR cuz that is his MO right there. What are you talking about? I dropped I I dropped a 101 word uh, point word yesterday. You lied. Batch. It wasn't over 100. It was 99. No, no, that I did Oh, I did a 99 and a 101 in the same day. Uh, I I got I got your brother-in-law for 101 points. So the, uh-huh. basically to do that you need a Q or a J that lands on a triple letter right and then you No it no with a I went word. I went seven. No no I went seven. I went I went set my whole I used all my tiles and within that word I had two double word scores or yeah Ooh. two double word scores and it linked on to another word Wow There's a lot a lot of fucking action it was great felt good Words of friends is I, would, I really get confused like like we have a game right now JR where I've not playing it for about a day and a half yet i've been playing the other games because i'm absolutely stumped at it and that's where mm. the two minutes would come in real handy force me to make a stupid mistake that's where you'd get a good assessment of skill when you gotta like look oh, yeah. at the board identify where you can go and fucking pounce have good words with friends instincts 
Yeah. Should be like curling, Gremchuk, where they, you, yeah. get the, you get the whole game clock. That's what other games idea. have you guys become addicted to recently? Because, uh, well, Pokemon Go, I'm still addicted to with my son. Uh, online poker? I've learned yeah, how to play we've... poker. Oh, nice. I, oh, well. I had never played poker before this quarantine. And in the last week, I was started about a week ago. My buddies were like, oh, let's do an online poker game. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll buy in. I've never played this before. Came third out of like the group of 10 of us. So I actually did okay. Um, and, then, and then played again on Saturday night. And I understand it now. I'm proud to say that I understand the game of poker. I'm not good, but I yeah. get it. No, it's pretty good. It's like, it's definitely uh, just a, sort of a pattern to when you should bet and how good the cards have to be to bet. But uh, uh, like, it's pretty fucking simple when it comes right down to it. So I'm glad you're playing. We, we we played another game this weekend. We had that trivia night Friday, which was like, go back to the trivia now. If you have a friend that's going to do this for your friends, it's pretty amazing because the dude that did it for us, he made like what I would assume would be like a 35 to 40 page PowerPoint presentation with four different rounds. Five. Included, included a, a, a react, yeah, included a round that was name your name, the tune, like, and was able to share that screen onto the zoom uh, office chat that we had it was incredible and it was so much fun some people got a little hammered during it which was also <laughs> very fun to watch there were some casualties yeah and then and then it just morphed into me jr and two other guys playing name that tune back and forth <laughs> just just play the phone into the ipad it was fun but okay what was i talking about games we were getting now. into well, this we were, uh, we were talking oh, yeah, about bringing sports back, and then it led into words with friends. Yeah, and now we're talking poker. I don't even know how we made that turn either, but whatever. Well, I was talking about the mental oh, health yeah. and like and like of like the effects of not oh, yeah. having what sports. In your, what, what happens in your dream bag, milk? Like, what is this? Because I have dreams when I when I play a game for too many days in a row. The dream is usually like a confusing one where I can't I can't win or I can't figure out a move or something. Is that what the words with friends dream is like? Yeah, and like it's it's that, and I'm just endlessly losing. I'm having dreams about just getting pummeled, and I have a problem, a real problem with words with friends, where I'll put down a word that I know is a word, but the rules of the game don't allow it to be a word. Like you can't put city names down. There's a bunch of stuff that you, you can't, can't put down, put and it Asia. drives me crazy. Yeah, you well, can't that's put not a word. Names and places. It's a country, yeah, names and places. It's it's words. Words of friends. Simple rule. It's not terms with friends. It's words. But it's with still friends. a word, and that drives me crazy. My reoccurring dream, Chalmers, is I've got a killer triple word opportunity. I can see the tiles I need to play, but I can't play them. I put the wrong ones in every time, and they keep they keep going back to my my little oh. tile shelf. And it's, 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 it's like the whole recurring dream when you like the hockey dream where you make the NHL, but you uh, forget your stick or you, you know, you, have, you, you lose your equipment. You can't get on the ice. Or you can't shoot the puck or whatever the hell it is. I that, have that um, dream every, every, I have that dream probably once every two weeks. And I have the, the one that I, I, I can relate even more to the one that you have is I need to get a hold of somebody because it's an emergency. I know something that's about to happen to them and I cannot dial the phone or I cannot remember their number and then when i do remember their number the numbers i just keep pushing one number wrong or something and i can't dial it and it's the most yeah. frustrating dreams in the world I've do you guys that. have like really vivid dreams like do you remember your yes. dreams every night i'd have i have yes very like 
to the point where it's kind of a problem sometimes. Yeah. Really? Another... I actually started writing. I actually started writing mine down. I have a little notepad on my uh, on my end table. That's a good idea. Last, if, night, if... My, last night, my dream was all about Westworld, man. I could tell you, I could like basically play the whole thing out for you. We were that the world. I don't. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but like, you know, it's, it's obviously very evident what might happen in the show. But like, I basically was in a dream last night where like the world was coming to an end. And, and I have these dreams where, like, I I have a gun because obviously that's what you're going to have to protect yourself in a dream where the world's coming in. And it's like a video game where when you run out of bullets, there's just bullets lying around, right? Like you got to go grab them. But every time I get to the bullets that I I find finally, they don't match my gun or they won't go in. They don't fit. <laughs> it's like so confusing. So yes, the question, the answer is, is I have very vivid dreams and. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. When they're good, it's usually like partying in Mexico with all of your friends and everything goes right. Um, or like having just a really good time with friends at like somewhere. But the bad ones are pretty fucking annoying. I, my biggest reoccurring one is I'm always like, I'm always naked in like the middle of a city or like in an office or in like just randomly somehow I just have no clothes and I have to escape. Uh, to, to get back home that's like you're kind of naked a lot in public and period in real life that uh, was a phase more than it was a phase yeah <laughs> what about you bag milk you got any in your I, what I have dreams all the time that I'm friends with celebrities really all the time oh so do I yes I love those ones you the like, last one I had was Drake and in my dream I was like a great rapper and he like wanted to be buddies and I, but I was like I was like trying to balance between like being in his crew and not being like too much of like a kiss ass hanger on her. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, it's so much fun. I wish I my could most, have cool uh, dreams like that. My most cool. recent one was uh, I was buddies with Connor McDavid. We were like best boys, and he was trying to get me to train alongside with him as he gets set for a season. And obviously, I am a lump of dough and I am not in shape. And he was getting really angry at me that I could not do as many squats as him. And it's just I love it. Yeah, they're just absurd and obnoxious. But that and you always woke ha- up and you were like, "We're we're fucking friends." Yeah. For like for for like two hours, I was friends with Connor McDavid straight up, and I knew what it was like to just like be by him for like five ten minutes. Well, that those are the moments where I wish I could lucid dream. Do you know what I mean? Where you could actually kind of take control and play around with it even if that's actually a thing. I've read about it, but I've never been able to get anywhere close to executing. Um, yeah, I've heard about it. I, I'm not going to get, uh, people are going to call me crazy if I say that I've done it, but there has been times where you're like half asleep and you're still kind of in the dream. And you can talk, you can think about what you're going to say. And like, it's like a choose your own adventure type of thing. Oh, Foxy. And like, the closest I, and I, I, and the closest I I've been able to but get, but I cannot guarantee it because it's super confusing most of the time. The closest I've been able to get to anything remotely close to a lucid dream has been in my mind understanding that I'm in a dream and being like, oh, shit, I'm asleep right now, and then popping up awake. Yeah, yeah. I barely ever, like, I maybe remember the general storyline of my dreams, like, 50% of the time, and out of that, like, even less than that, are they're, like, vivid dreams where I can wake up and be like, oh, shit, this, this, and this happened in my dream, like, a lot of times I just wake up being like, what the hell? Oh, I'm up. <laughs> it's weird, but like, that's just, I don't know. I, I don't remember my dreams like event for event very often. It sucks. Cause I hear you guys talking about these cool dreams about like being friends with Drake and shit. And I'm like, damn, 
I wish I could always have like, like my girlfriend's like that too. She'll wake up and be like, guess what happened in my dream? This, this, and like rattle it all off. And I'll just be like, fuck, I don't know. I think I dreamt about like choking on food or something. And I, I can't tell you anything else. <laughs> well, just know that, yes, it's sometimes very cool, but sometimes it's really not cool. Like when you, when you have the confusing ones and you go back to, you wake up four or five times and you go back to sleep and it's all, and you just can't shake it. I've gotten, I've had, I've been dreaming about something that was confusing. It seems like it's like a puzzle that I'm in. I'm like in a maze or something and it stopped and I'm constantly rolling around and I can, I can tell that it's awful. And I will get up and I will walk around the house and I will like have a glass of water and I will go back to bed and I will be immediately back in the dream. And it's the most frustrating thing. And I can tell usually by about after an hour of sleep when I wake up and it's like 11 and I've gone to bed at like 10 that it's going to go all night. And I might as well just like try to deal with it the best I can. Like those, those nights suck. You can't, I can't turn it off. It's either that or just stay up. So there is, there is a downside to it. Um, moving along. What here. else you got for? Yes. Thank you. What else you got? We've been <laughs> uh, dreaming sorry. for a while here. We need to give some love to our friends over at uh, Jappa Equipment, Jappa Machinery Group. They uh, sent out a nice Easter wish the other day, and they uh, also want to let all the healthcare worker know, healthcare workers, frontline workers, everyone know that they're thinking of them right now in this difficult time. So uh, as the snow melts and the weather's going to get better, if you need some equipment, think of our friends over at Jappa Support Local. You'll get a hard-working crew at Jappa who sells great machinery. We also need to... Uh, Hey, Oodle Noodle, I was promised a big announcement from our other big podcast sponsor. Oh, yes. Well, I was working on this last week, and now we're in a position to make the announcement. So I was with uh, our founder, Sonny, today at the factory. We shot a video uh, about it. But uh, the last three weeks, we've been uh, making some extra noodles and sauces to donate to local food banks and other uh, charities like Mustard Seed and Youth Emergency Shelter that need uh, food for meals uh, for the last few weeks. And hundreds and hundreds of pounds of noodles, our, our, our founder and godfather, Sonny, has generously made for us to donate. But uh, we're going to take it one step further. Uh, starting today, all of our in-store takeout, uh, in, in-store takeout, in-store curbside pickup, Anything, any sales being generated in the store uh, during this time, we're going to donate 10% of to a local charity weekly. So we're going to go around to the different communities throughout Edmonton, and we we ask anyone who uh, you know that that follows uh, us at Oilers Nation or at Oodle Noodle uh, to give us suggestions. But every week, we want to make a, a monetary donation to a local charity that's that's hurting, that's fighting to keep the lights on during this time um, by donating those sales. So, you know, that could be anywhere between, you know, current, like kind of what we're seeing, that could be anywhere between, you know, 1500 bucks, 2,500 bucks a week that we could be doling out. Um, and it's all because uh, Edmonton's been very awesome to us and supporting us during this time. So we want to make sure we create something that by supporting us, you can physically see an investment made uh, in your community. So we're, we're super uh, pumped about it. Sonny's over the moon about it. He's been really stoked on, uh, you know, the impact that Oodle Noodle's been able to kind of or create, I guess. He's been really helping, so he wants to go deeper. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the announcement. So we're going to be uh, starting that. So I think probably this Friday will be our first 
donation or maybe Monday. I guess we need a week of sales under our belt, so maybe Monday or Tuesday next week. Um, yeah, super pumped. So That's really cool, getting- man. Good for you. Oh, yeah. Oh. If, you're, if you're getting Oodle Noodle, would, I be, would it be right in saying call the store or go to the store? Maybe skip skip the dishes this time. You know, like, is this kind of the thing? We, like, it's not going to apply to skip the dishes orders, is it? No, it's 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 so the the whole the whole thing is we want to make sure we're we're helping out our franchisees because they're working their asses off to keep their businesses alive. So yeah. in store, anything that's done through the store helps them financially better. So we that's why we want to share in that win. So we help our franchisees, but but by you know supporting Noodle Noodle and doing that for our franchisees, we're also going to invest back in your community. So it kind of helps everyone in this time of need. Uh, so we just want to make sure that. You know, if you're investing in dollars through Oodle Noodle, that we're giving it back where we can. Man, who doesn't want to get out of their house right now to go pick up their order? Anyway? Oh, right, yeah, hop in your I car, know. drive up to the curb, take <laughs> two steps, and there you go. Yeah. Bang. Um, and our final podcast sponsor, Nation Beer. I saw it's available in some liquor stores in the Edmonton area now. Um, we're in Lacombe now, baby. We got all the way to Lacombe. Whew. Uh, any update on when it's coming back online into the mass public so I can buy a bunch? Oh, yes. So we talked about Slave Lake Gate uh, last week uh, where there's two Slave Lakes and it got shipped to the wrong one. So there was a there was a promise by the courier to try to get it by Friday, but I think there's been further complications to that. So we're hoping they land today so the guys can start canning because the last thing we want to do is start selling the beer if you know, if you can't get it to you within a couple days. So hopefully like it's going to get resolved at some point this week and we will relaunch it online at some point this week. I'm just waiting for more details. So stay tuned to dog Island or others nation on social media for the announcement on that. But right now I believe little guy liquor insured park still has some Sherbrooke liquor has some that I know of. And if you're in the Lacombe, uh, well um so if you if you know of any liquor stores that's carrying it uh let us know and we'll definitely uh share that through all our channels so just a little uh hiccup but the the good news it's it's a good problem because it means we sold uh the first batch really fast so the the boys at dog island are you know excited to go deeper with us on this so they're going to load up uh to make sure that we just got constant supply after this hell yeah sounds good uh well this podcast is only as strong as the people on it and my internet connection. And my internet connection, I think, is starting to shit out on me here. So thanks for your time today, boys. Have a good week, and we'll talk on Thursday. See you Thursday, boys. See you, boys. All right, there you go. Episode 171 of Nation Real Life is over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.